might be. It's bright side of the hump time. A little change in format. We decided to go away from the TikTok live format because it stinks. The TikTok is not prepared to uh, allow you to do a professional broadcast of any type. So uh, now we're here doing a little bit of a podcast style broadcast uh, using Riverside FM. Tonight, we've got a tremendous guest, uh, Coach Josh Baker. He'll come to us here in a moment. Uh, before we get to Josh, just remember, like, the whole thing we're trying to do here with Bright Side of the Hump is uh, get you on that glide to the weekend, right? We're all ready for the weekend from about Monday on. So, uh, you know, when we get past Wednesday, we're on the glide to the weekend. So, First thing I want to talk about, since I'm a Boilermaker, I'm definitely going to go with, uh, you know, some Purdue news. We had big news this week. We now have a new head football coach, uh, Ryan Walters, just a tremendous hire. People don't realize uh, how big of a deal that is for Purdue to be able to get him, but it's a huge deal. And uh, football people know that. I think some Purdue fans maybe didn't quite get it at first, but I think they will. Uh, just a tremendous up-and-coming coach. I think he's 36 years old. We are getting him on the upswing. He was Illinois' defensive coordinator, led them to one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, so we're getting a Big Ten D coordinator as our new head coach, and all signs point to this being a great hire, going to lead the Boilers uh, far beyond where we are right now. So big-time news for the Boilermakers. Uh want to remind everybody that the charity that we support here is Crisis Text Line. And what Crisis Text Line does is provide support to people who text home to 741741. Crisis Text Line will get them uh, good information on how to deal with the moment that they're in, how to deal with the mental health crisis that they're in, uh, and connect them with a crisis counselor. Uh, crisis to, in, there's three things that we want to try to do to support them through bright side of the hump. Uh, the first is, and I spoke directly with, uh, the director of crisistextline.org, And he told me directly, the number one thing they need are volunteers to be on the other end of those texts. Uh, they will train you. They'll give you 30 hours of high quality professional level counseling training to be able to answer and provide resources to people who text Crisis Text Line. Uh, go to crisistextline.org and see if that might be something that you could do as a service. Uh, the second thing that they need is money. And so obviously if you go to crisistextline.org and click on support, uh, they have an easy way for you. You can Venmo, PayPal, they, any way that you can get money to them, even crypto, if your crypto is worth anything, uh, they can get that. Uh, and it helped provide valuable support to a tremendous organization. And the third thing is just get the word out 
let people know on social media that this exists. This is out there as an option for people uh, who are in a moment, stuck in a moment, okay? And uh, they can text home to 741-741 and get a little bit of support, get somebody who can listen to them and, and maybe help them get out of that moment, all right? So without further ado, I'm gonna talk a little bit about our guest tonight, Coach Josh Baker. Uh, amazing basketball coach. And uh, it, you look at the numbers, they bear it out. A career 853 winning percentage as a high school basketball coach. Four-time Michigan High School basketball state champion. He's coached dozens of D1 players, uh, and plenty of them would tell you they wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have gotten into D1 if it weren't for Coach Bake. Uh, he's coached a lot of other professional basketball players. He's coached guys that have made it to the NBA. He coached at a Power Five program at Alabama, and is just a tremendous friend. In addition to being a great coach, it's the old adage: he's a great coach. He's an even better guy. And uh, that's no exaggeration with Josh Baker. So welcome, Josh Baker, to Bright Side of the Hump. What's going on, Coach Metz? Hey, you know, just living the dream, living the dream. Yes, sir. So the uh, first thing I want to ask you is uh, what do you think is the most successful ingredient to be a successful coach? You're, I mean, successful at a level that most people don't get to, uh, what's it take? What do you think it take? What do you think is the essential ingredient? Well, first of all, congrats on the uh, the live, the TikTok. This is this is pretty cool. I like it, and uh, I'm a, I'm a weekly weekly subscriber. So, um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things of coaching is just just in my experience is the um, just the consistency, like. Can you be consistent every single day? So we would talk about it like uh, 10 weeks in the spring, 10 weeks in the summer, 10 weeks in the fall. And typically in high school, we would go before school and we'd go after school. And so just to me, the consistency of uh, doing it day in and day out, and then just having a mentality that look, every workout we do, uh, we used to say this, like the first time Tom Izzo ever came to watch our practices, man, we must have planned for 10 hours, right? Like we, we have a note card and it's every second and when the water breaks are and those freaking yeah. managers better have the Gatorade bottles out and it better be on this side because that's where the drill is. And I, I ended up walking away saying, dude, like if you really want to be good, you got to do every single workout like Tom Izzo is watching. Oh, man. Like if he walks in, what does my practice schedule look like? What, what are my managers doing? What, what are the players doing? What is the clock like? What is is the floor swept or the balls out? Like every single drill has to have a purpose, you know, so, so he would walk away saying it's a great program. So just do that every day. I just ran into a football, actually a, a football coach here in Indiana. And they've won multiple state championships. And he said the same thing. They run the same program, third to 12th. They got the same program, spring, summer, fall. I just think guys that are consistent like that, one, you have the most impact with the guys. You have the most connection with the guys. Players are developed. And there's just a, 
a winning mentality. And the last thing is you carry that with you wherever you go, right? Like we, we have former players, former students who say everything I learned in this program, I do in my job, in my work, with my family, et cetera. So those are some of the things that I've found to be, uh, to be successful. Oh, that's great stuff. Great stuff. I, uh, my second question to you was going to be kind of a funny between us sort of thing uh, about what's something even a well-informed fan doesn't know about what's going on during a game for a coach. And, uh, you know, the guy sitting at home that's, you know, what is, what is big thinking right now? But this, this week on Matt Painter's show, I'm going to play, play you a little clip here and just kind of get your reaction. I think it's going to bring home exactly what I'm talking about better than I ever could have written the question. So, okay, cool. Let's get it here and see what you think. Back to the phones we go. Rusty calling from Lafayette. Welcome, Rusty. You're on with Coach Painter. Uh, thank you, uh, Coach. Congratulations on your best start ever. Congratulations on number one. Congratulations for putting defensive pressure to play, which is the reason why you're having such a spectacular season this year. It's your defensive awareness and uh, your instruction. And uh, Edie is no short of less than totally amazing. Uh, congratulations uh, all around. It's very hard to uh, suggest or criticize the number one unbeaten team, but uh, on behalf of the Class M tailgaters, uh, we have a couple of observations that have been concerning us, and it uh, <clears throat> came to light on this Nebraska game where uh, uh, they were double-teaming Edie under the basket, and it seemed to create a lot of problems for us. And uh, We've been thinking that maybe the, the play selection should be balanced from shooting three-pointers uh, to trying to go inside to Edie. And we think there needs to be a balance, and which would be dribble penetration to the rim or short of the rim. And all we have to do, Coach, is get the ball in play above the rim. And, and Edie or Mr. Basketball in the double-low post, they're going to be able to control the play. And, and either stuff it or get fouled. And uh, we're just uh, asking for maybe a, a more balanced in the three-pointers. I know we've had these talks over the years gone by, and I know you love the three-pointer, but we're just suggesting a, a more of a, a balance and more dribbling and, and less three-pointers, especially when you're shooting 11%, Coach. And I know you don't like me uh, to talk like that, but I just think we have to bring it up again. And, Again, Coach, thank you for another spectacular start. I think we got the gist. Uh, so does that, like, I couldn't have asked a question and had it come up any better than what that is, right? That's the number one team in the country, undefeated, who just won a basketball game. Uh, I have a few things, Coach, I think you could do a little bit better. <laughs> now, I, could, I couldn't hear it, like, perfectly clear, but did he really say, like, <laughs> A bunch of us at the tailgate, a bunch of us yes. tailgaters. Get yes. It's a class M parking lot, like, you know, and basically, like, you know who we are, and, you know, like, you know you've we've been, been taking a long time. Yeah, we've been drawing up plays for you, and you never use them, but. I, I love that he said, Coach, I hate to have to bring this up, but it, it needs to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bake. What would you do to have an ounce of that guy's confidence? Just no, a bit of it. No question. 
no question. He, uh, I'll tell you what though, like I've, I've watched a couple with coach paint and, um, <laughs> like he, he does a really good job of like, like you could see him rolling his eyes a little bit in the announcer. Yeah. Like, is he serious? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Oh, that makes me laugh. But, uh, you know, like, like, you know, he does a good job of being kind and he does the same thing with reporters when they ask like asinine questions. Crazy he, does, he doesn't get pissed. Like, no, um, but like to your point, there's like the amount of information that guys study is is insane. Right. So I, I coached in high school at a, at a really high level for a long time. And when I got to Alabama, Charlie Henry had been in the NBA for five years. Like Antoine Petways, he's been an assistant well over 10 years at Alabama. Like Nate's one of the, the smartest guys I, I've been around from a basketball standpoint. And when they first started talking film and going through scouting reports, it was like they were talking in hieroglyphics. Yeah. You know, and that's I'd been in basketball for you know, 15, 20 years in multiple division one players studied all kinds of NBA teams, like learned everything I possibly could. And when I got there, it was a huge, huge adjustment. And, you know, like what, what the average guy doesn't know, like to your question, there's like at Alabama, there's over 10 guys that are on the basketball side of the ball. They would each watch well over 500 clips before every game, you know, so you're talking well over 5,000 clips uh, yeah. that, that they're watching on how they guard, how do they guard pick and roll? Like uh, most people don't know, like people change their coverages on underneath out of bounds all the time. Yeah. So is it, are they in a three, two, are they switching every screen? Are they putting the big man on the ball? So then you've got to figure out, well, what mismatch do we want to take advantage of? How do we get the ball there? Can we get it there on the first pass or does it need to be the second pass or the third pass? If we screen here, do they get this switch? Now they're in foul trouble. Um, another would be like even for film every day. So you, you have 10 guys on staff watching practice every day. So two hour practice, they're gonna go back through and watch that practice. And then each of them is gonna spend easily an hour, two hours more in video prep for a 30 minute session tomorrow. So a 30 minute video session is, you know, upwards of 20 hours of work and preparation for that 30 minute film session that guys watch every day. Right. Um, you know, so it's just like, uh, you know, we watch uh, to figure out how many people you want to crash. We watched 35 games and watched every single possession on how many people crash the offensive glass and how much do you give up in transition the other right. way and what are the reasons for it and how many points per possession do you get off one, two, three, four, or zero people crashing? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those type of scenarios. And the average guy watches a game like, well, well why, why don't you, why don't you dribble drive the ball when they yeah. throw it into eating, yeah. you know? And, and, and so that's, um, I just don't think they understand the level of detail. They don't understand the level of work that goes into things and yeah. the amount of time um, that's, you know, another one would be like when you, when you trap the ball on a pick and roll, sometimes you're trying to figure out what matchup you want two passes out of that. 
Yes. Right? Like, okay, yeah. maybe if we get it, you know, give it up, but it's going to go swing. somewhere else after yeah, that. Yeah, and you do it on purpose. So now your alignment and spacing has to be on purpose for that. Um, so th- that that kind of stuff, there's hundreds of examples of that. It's it's just a different level. And then again, now put that up at the NBA, and it's, yeah. you know, a hundred times that. Look, look at an NBA staff now. There's almost 15, 20 guys behind the bench. They're all putting in 16, 18 hour days. Right. You know, I, I just don't think the average person has any understanding whatsoever. The other thing is like, you know, let's say you planned it out perfectly and you uh, <laughs> and you and you diagnose what's happening in the game perfectly. The guys do it perfectly every time when you ask them to, right? The other team is doing that too. And the other team is really good and they play really, really hard. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they've guarded you and they look at every single action you've ever run in your life. Like they know yeah. exactly what you're going to do and they call out your play calls. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. both teams have a guy looking down at the bench to get the play call. Yeah. They get the play call and then 27 people are screaming it out, you know, on, on the bench. So. They know what the play is, and then you've got to have another counter and another counter and another counter. So, not safe to say easier said than done. Hey, I gotta say, I see your shirt there. Uh, can you explain to me? <laughs> Carnival life sounds awesome. To- yeah, you asked about like crazy coaching stories. That yeah. if you're a coach, you're in the circus. Like, there's yeah. no question about it. Like, uh, you you live in the circus every single day. But now, one of my friends, Jason Seely, uh, he owns a company called Use Rides, and awesome. uh, he works with carnies and all the carnivals all over North America. Amazing. And uh, one one of my best friends in the world, and uh, just a great company, and. Uh, he uh, he sent this out to Christmas to all of us. So uh, very nice. I got to figure out how to get. Yeah, I got to get get one of those. No I'm question. Have to have you hook me up one of those. I fit right in that carny life. Um, so speaking of carnival type atmosphere, what's some of the funniest <laughs> things that have happened to you as a coach that, that you can share? I realize not all of them are shareable in any format, but what's some things you can share of funny things that have happened to you as a coach? Man. Um, first, first night, uh, this is kind of funny. The first night Nate and I coached at a uh, Romulus high school. So I was an assistant for Nate Oates, who's the head coach at, uh, at Alabama. And yeah. we were at Romulus together. I think 11 years, I was his assistant, 10 years. And, um, our first night, you know, we come in and we, we were working nonstop every day. And, you know, Nate comes out of college and he's going to be the next, you know, Mike Krzyzewski and, uh, we play Wayne Memorial had a really good coach and, and they were a solid program, not, not elite, but, but pretty good. And do we lose, we lose by like 25 Oof. it's at home and Nate's parents are sitting behind us. Nate's dad is the, uh, the head of theology at Maranatha Baptist university. He went on to be the president. And so, uh, there's like the craziest language you've ever heard the whole game. He's sitting a row behind us. So I'm super embarrassed. And then um, Nate, Nate looks over to me with like two to go and we're down 20. And he's like, Beck, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. And uh, we, we walk outside and there's like a massive fight, like cop cars everywhere. I think a knife was pulled like, it was just not like the, the best best start to, to what we were doing. 
And um, oh, yeah. like I, I, I was wide awake to how good, uh, you know, high school basketball was in Detroit. And then like another game, this was kind of funny. I used, I used to work out before like the JV game. So I, I, my first year, I, first two years, I coached JV. So I'd get a workout in, I'd go shower. We'd put a suit on at the time. You know, we had to dress up like Pat Riley for, uh, yeah. for Coach Oates. <laughs> and uh, I'd go put a suit on. And I, I got in the shower and I shaved my head and I, like, I sliced my head. And so I'm talking like, like gashed. And so dude, I had to go in to see the trainer and he legit had to put like an X on the top of my head, like a huge like pad with like an X on it. Then I, I forgot my shoes too. So I had to wear like high tops with a suit and that, that wasn't cool, you know, 17 then, years ago. You were way too far ahead. I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I'm, I'm a style guy, so yeah. I was way ahead of it. <laughs> but the people in the audience didn't recognize my, my, you know, fashion sense. No. So I come out to coach and I have like this huge X on my head and I got these like big high top sneakers on with a suit. <laughs> and this lady behind me was, she was from Ipsy and she she just yelled at me the whole time she was like coach you look like an idiot you look like a cartoon character coach you don't wear sneakers with your dress suit like you oh. look like a clown oh, and uh, i couldn't stop laughing <laughs> the whole time just i look like a cartoon character and a clown that was uh pretty funny but oh that's uh, as good as it gets yeah, the other ones were just fights, like fights that broke out during games. Yeah. Uh, like one time I had, to, I had to run across the court in a suit, two kids from my class. I don't know where the security guards were, but I, yeah. like huge game. Like I broke up the fight, told them they were idiots, like handed them to cops at the time and then went back across the court to, to coach. But yeah, yeah th those were always uh, entertaining. So. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Really good stuff. You look like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you were just too far ahead of the time. Like, it's good to be ahead of the curve. You just can't get too far ahead of the curve, I think. That's it. Uh, all right. What's the thing that in your coaching career, what's the most gutted you've ever been in your coaching career? <laughs> uh, That's a fun thought, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, one would be there was a player who like I loved and uh, spent like three years just, you know, morning workouts day in, day out and uh, just couldn't figure things out. And uh, we had a lot of success and uh, he ended up transferring and it was just a relationship. I had a hard time figuring out that, uh, you know, you invest, you care, like yeah. you, you uh, want them to be great. You see how great they can be. And you just constantly do this, you know, and uh, that 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 was like hurtful. I remember uh, there's probably about 10 losses of um, where you lose by like one or two points that were district championships, you know, state championships, final fours. Yeah. Like I think um, like our programs lost in the final four five different times by a total of like seven points, you know? And so 
like I can still go back to, you know, a play call, a, uh, you know, a, you messed up a substitution, you, right. you know, you did this or that wrong, got a bad call. And so, you know, just those are probably some of the worst. Like uh, we lost a double overtime game Ugh. in the in a final four on a last second shot, like like point two seconds left. A guy like I don't know how it happened, like hit the bottom of the net, the bottom of the backboard, bottom of the rim, and like rolled in. Uh, yeah, it, it, it defied physics. So, uh. But yeah, the, those are and one of the worst actually was my second year. Nate and I lost to Belleville in like unbelievable rivalry. We, the last three games we played were all decided by one point. And um, we missed free throws late. They hit two threes late. And uh, we, we lost, by I think, by one. And that was like, that, that was crushing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a couple, couple, couple tough ones, but... Aren't you, nice glad, of, aren't you glad yeah. I made you relive it? <clears throat> yeah, you're the best. I'm a super, super guy. Don't forget that. Thanks, Coach Matt. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> you bet. You want, you want to talk about some super painful things, too, in your life? Yeah. <laughs> let's go back. Let's, let's get on the couch here, babe. Uh, who are coaches <laughs> that you look up to, like, when you've thought about patterning, you know, the, you know maybe even back to the beginning, you know, when you're, yeah. when, you, when you decide you're going to start coaching, like, tell me a little bit about that, if you would. Um, just, you're, you're just coaches that I would look up to. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a couple, like one was um, early on, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, obviously, but like um, early on, Michigan State was just in general was, was great to us. Like uh, Mark Montgomery, who, who's back now to being one of one of the uh, associate head coaches he like um him and Izzo had Nate and I in uh a couple final we were in high school and you know they made so many final fours but there was a couple final fours they were in where we went to the final four and they had us in like video sessions over the weekend like you know like watching Carolina and watching do oh. whoever they're going to play, like watching film and sitting with them oh. and just talking through like, in, you know, in their war room, how, how are we going to beat them? How are we going to guard this? What? Like they, they never had to do that. Um, and, and they did that consistently for well over 10 years. They used to tell us we could come to practices in the, in the fall at the time they would do like two days, you know, like the first start of a uh, practice and stuff. So we would go up for a couple of days. They would tell us we could use their conference room like the whole day and plan out for the whole year, like, our, you know, our season, our practice times, our schedule. Like, like, like th that kind of stuff was awesome. Hubie Brown would have us down at Memphis, and he was uh, just a tremendous teacher and would help us. And he, he would stop practice and be like, now this is why we do this. This is what we did. 1980, you know. 1982 Bernard King I was gonna we, say we we run this late game play and yeah. we score on this and that, that's why we run this we took a ton of their drills he still runs Hubies in practice every day one of the assistants like a week ago texted me about running Hubies in practice you know yeah. and so he, he was really really good to us and we, we took a ton of his stuff another guy that actually I learned a ton from 
and you still see a lot of it um, in uh, Coach Oates' stuff at Alabama, is Vance Wahlberg, who kind of uh, did the dribble drive stuff. So he was at a JUCO at the time, and somebody said, hey, this guy scores like 120 points a game. You should check him out. So they sent us like four or five videos. We watched them all over and over and over, called him up, and then he actually ended up getting the Pepperdine job. So Nate and I flew out to Pepperdine, and uh, we, we got to watch them practice. And the same thing, they were doing two-a-days at the time, and we stayed out for like five days. And we just picked his brain, picked his brain, picked his brain. What about this? What about this? Talked to his assistant who had been with him forever. And uh, we really took the majority of their program and their practices and their transition drills and their emphasis on skill work. Um, those concepts, we really took that. That's probably the one that influenced me the most. Amazing. And then I studying under Nate at Alabama um, and then uh, Coach Henry, who's his assistant. Those are two that really uh, just kind of influenced me in basketball and in coaching. And, uh, you know, I, I like that they always get better. You know, yeah. like Nate's a way better coach now than he was three years ago and certainly 20 years ago because they always want to get better, always want to improve. They keep studying everybody. They're not easy. You're not going to look at, like, Coach Oates' program in five years and be like, oh, those are the same plays. You know, I've been watching him run those same plays. Like, he's always going to be changing. He's always going to be adapting, always, like, learning the, the latest thing. So those are all guys who had a big impact on me. And then the last one I would say is, uh, like, Coach Shrewsbury at Penn State. Um, I just, you know, I got a chance to watch him a couple of days, and I love how he treats his staff. I love how he – he hangs with the GAs in the video room all the time. And he, he's just, I, I like how he leads. I like how he coaches. I like what he runs. And, and, and I like how he treats people to be that great of a leader and that, you know, almost like kind. You know, I know you don't typically put those two together, but he, he's a powerful, intelligent, you know, tremendous leader who treats people uh, really well generous with himself yeah yeah absolutely it's not easy to be no in that especially with that type, kind of pressure I, and yeah. I, I don't think people understand that either the the pressure those guys face every day right amazing stuff uh if you would i will wrap it up here we've been rocking and rolling and uh you know but tell me what you're doing now so i uh i work for a company called profile like uh, profile behavior. And uh, we work with, uh, we do behavioral assessments. We do leadership training with uh, NBA, NFL, and college teams. And I, I primarily work in college basketball. So we, we kind of travel and we work with different college programs and um, just kind of do a lot of stuff that we've done with uh, leadership and with team building and with understanding players and understanding their personalities and kind of on the same, like the, the level and depth that we talk about in basketball. We do that with behavior, behavioral analytics, how we behave, why we behave that way, how we process, how we learn. And so it's, it's been really, really cool to help teams and to help individuals and um, just a um, tremendous company to work for. That's awesome. Awesome. You're a natural. 
you're a natural at all these things. No, uh, you work your butt off. So that, that, you know, when you say somebody's a naturalist stuff, that's almost like, you know, a, a put down. No, no, you work the tail <laughs> off with everything you do. Uh, listen, man, I appreciate you being on here with me and uh, sharing your stories and sharing yourself. Uh, hopefully we'll get you back here soon. We'll get, we'll get some more, uh, you know, basketball. We'll do a little more hoops talk. I feel like we can go in a ton of different directions. And, yeah, we uh, can for sure. La last question though. I got one for yeah. you though, Todd. T tell me about uh, Purdue football, man. You're pretty excited about coach coming in? Really excited. Like, I don't know if you, uh, you know, like caught a little bit of his press conference, yeah. but like, so you're, you know, you, we see it in coaching, all coaching searches all the time, right? Like you just kind of recycle the same guys. So you got a job at Purdue, right? And what are you going to bring in? Are you going to bring in uh, someone who is established, but, you know, maybe, you know, might not be hitting on at their highest level right at the moment? You know, are you going to bring in somebody who's at a, at a small school like a Western Kentucky and they're the head coach, but they've run Western Kentucky, right? That's that's not the same. And or are you going to try to hit, uh, you know, what you should be doing, which is to find someone on the upswing that has the highest possible ceiling, and that you can turn over a program that's in a good position, right? This this football program won nine games last year. They've won eight this year. Uh, they are in a good position. To if there ever is a good time to transition from one coaching staff to the next, Purdue's in a pretty good position right here. And so uh, I think they did a great job. Like you're picking a guy with a way higher ceiling than most of the other people. If if anyone, if there's anybody who has as high a ceiling as him, I'd be surprised, right? Defensive coordinator, um, like I think that's great. I think when Purdue has been at their most successful in the past years, everybody knows about throwing a football over the yard, but you know, people forget about guys like Roosevelt Colvin and, and people like that who've led really good defenses at Purdue right. that, you know, if you can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter how good your offense is. So, <laughs> you know, you get a D coordinator in, you know, that that's going to be, it's going to be a priority. So I love it. I love it. I love the energy, you know, 36 year old dude, uh, you know, that he's going to have the energy to keep up with the modern young college athlete. Right. Yep. yep. You know, so yeah, I love it. Love it. Love the hire. Good deal. Appreciate man. It, man. Yes, sir. We, uh, that's all I got. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. That is bright side of the hump for this week. Thanks very much, and we'll catch you next week, next Wednesday. All right. Take care.